0: For our feature interview this week, this man needs no introduction. He's our greatest male mountain runner since our world champion, John Lennon. And he's just come fifth in the world championships. Zach, Hannah, what an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I'm so excited to talk to you. Fifth in the world, Zach. Last time we spoke was fifth in the European Championships. And you've done it again, but this time at a world championship level. The best result for Ireland since 1991. How are you doing, Zach? How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, still, still quite a shock that um, it's happened. To be honest with you, it was kind of went across the line, and I still I honestly wasn't sure what position it was because I, during the race itself, I wasn't really focused on who was in front of me or who was behind me. It wasn't until I was told the fifty that I was fifth that it's kind of like, whoa, what, you know, what just happened here, and like. To see the delight in Leo's face whenever he heard the news too was just unreal. Like he was over the moon, and yeah, still I think it could take a while for this one to sink in. But you know, I'm going to enjoy it. You know, enjoy. You have to enjoy moments like these because you never know whenever they're going to come round again.
0: Uh, Absolutely, and just to put it into context, Zach, of some of the scalps that you took yesterday. You beat the, the European champion. We mentioned you were fifth in in Europe back in, in July in La Palma. But you beat the Italian, and you beat all the Italians yesterday. You, you beat the gold um, medalist and silver um, in the World Championship a couple of years ago, Cesare Maestadé. You beat the multiple, and legend of mountain running, the multiple world champion, Joe Gray from the United States. You pipped him by seven seconds. So to beat... All the Italians, um, the French, the English, the only one Spaniard ahead of you. An incredible run, Zach. M- maybe talk us through the race if you can. Did you, did you go out with the lead group? Did you come through? What were the conditions like? Because, you know, you're running in Thailand. I'm sure it must be so hot and humid there.
1: Yeah, well, the, the temperature right here at the moment it's roughly about 30, 31 degrees. Extremely hot. And with our race starting at quarter past 10 in the morning, that was when the heat was starting to really ramp up. And thankfully beforehand, I employed all these different cooling strategies like Sarah McCormick. She had bought over an ice vest, which worked wonders because whenever I was getting changed for the race, before I started my warm up, I was sitting with the vest on, keeping myself cool. And then I had it on just before the start line. And then at the start line, they had, by uh, buckets of ice so you're able to put ice in yourself just doing everything you can to keep yourself cool hydrated and whatnot and the race itself started off you had i think maybe a kilometer and a half before it actually hit the, on the trail very fast i think i think we went through the first k roughly three minutes or so three minutes and uh, but it didn't feel fast which is kind of strange because i thought it would have been a lot more a lot more mad um but once we had the trail, that's when you really felt the pace. Kenyans and the Americans and the Italians were all ganging up around each other, trying to like sort of yeah. flex the a bit to see who you could take it on. Kenya took it on and Patrick Camiego, the World Cup winner, he got away. So he was in a, wor- a world of his own. And I sort of employed the same tactics as I did at the Euros, just go out with the leaders and try and stay there for as long as I could. And thankfully... It paid off. Um, I think with five k to go, Joe great caught me, and I had just been distanced by the Swiss runner, Joey Hadorn. He had got away from me, so running with Joe was very, very nerve wracking because I knew he was so strong on the uphill, and I yeah. just had to just had to hold my nerves, hold my nerves together, and just focus on trying not to waste too much energy, making making silly tactical moves, which worked well because in the last. 2k, I was able to put the tiniest of surges in but it was enough to distance Joe and that sort of got the bit flat towards the top bit of a downhill finish and managed to hold him off So, okay, yeah, it's a bit surreal that it happened and the course was so steep in the second half which isn't what I'm normally used to, normally I'm used with it being steep from the word go
0: <laughs> yeah. so
1: it's just It's unreal
0: I think we all love to learn, Zach, how the very best in the world train. And for myself, for the listeners that are listening in, how did you manage, Zach, the peak so well for this race after such a long season? Because you've been racing since the start of the summer in the Valser Mountain Running World Cup, where you were third overall, second over the short course. I mean, that's five months of racing against the best in the world. And you've, you've managed to have your best race of the year after all of those races so how did you manage to get that peak
1: well to be honest it took a lot of whenever I first started really training properly it took a lot of a lot of learning to understand with my coach Richard Rogers how I operate as a runner um you know it was a lot of trial and error things as is a lot of things in this sport you know you have to try try out new things and maybe go back to old methods to just to really test how to bring out the best in myself at certain times of the year. But the way we would sort of operate in training is that, you know, if you do the right stuff, like it's very, very early in training that I would run at my absolute limit. A lot of my training is all threshold tempo stuff. And it's just basically building as big an endurance base as you possibly can over the winter to allow yourself the opportunity to, go out and perform at your best or near your best at a consistent level. And I think this season, in terms of consistency, has been the best yet. Been able to compete, as you say, in the World Cup over a five-month period with the Europeans thrown in at the start of the season too. Yeah. And then to go and put it off of the World Championships, which even the very, very best runners in the world aren't able to maybe string a season like that together like World Championships, it's a one-off race. You can be in the shape of your life, but you can still have a bad day. But yeah, I think it's, yeah it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, a lot of preparation goes into a season. It's not just for one race. I like to sort of plan for a season, not just like an individual race, which I think works better for me because I like to have a, a set plan like, ahead of me so that I know exactly when I need to peak and when I need to be in shape for certain times of the year.
0: Yeah, and you've done it so well, Zach, because you, you peaked for the fifth in the European Championships at the start of July and then you've peaked now again, what, five months later and four months later at the start of November. So when you say you, you get all your mileage done in the wintertime, are you actually doing sessions in the wintertime Zach as well or are you just you know running in zone one zone two mileage 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 from October to February March before you start your sessions
1: no I've
0: been doing sessions all year round
1: um obviously in the winter back here in Ireland you are doing cross country so for the very few cross country races I do you're obviously doing sessions maybe not at the same uh, maybe not just as high of an intensity because you're not, obviously, you're not prepared for mountain racing. Um, generally, my training is the same all year round. I don't really change too much. Uh, maybe getting closer to the season, I'll maybe jump onto the track, do a few sessions there just to sharpen up, put some speed in the legs. But most of it's uh, during the winter, I was logging, I think maybe 90 miles a week on average, with well, two okay. sessions a week on a long run. <laughs> it's simple, simple stuff. The very basic stuff to help build your endurance and that's that's just really it and consistency that's probably the biggest thing. Like I haven't missed the day I run this year or maybe in the last three or four years. Yeah.
0: So consistency is a big thing. Sure. And I mean, just to put it into context for the people that are listening, I mean, the first time you ran for Ireland, I think, was 2016, I think it was. And you you spoke so well, Zach, in an article a couple of weeks ago in the Irish News um, by Neil Loughran, where you said, everything I did was geared towards running. Every decision I made in my life was based around how it would affect my running. And you've got your reward you've got your award. I mean, you must be so happy and so proud after after making all those sacrifices for a number of years now. No, 100%. Um, like, when I started running, it really, the
1: competitive side of it didn't really come into it. Obviously, you, you do your, maybe a local 10K or something, but in terms of racing internationally, it wasn't until I got my first Northern Ireland vest that uh, the Intercounties where I really thought about it. And then, like, I've, I ran on the European scene for two years, working full time before April twenty twenty one. I decided to quit the job full time and sold my car. Basically, yeah, sold most of the stuff I had to try and finance a a career. Thanks to the help of some personal sponsors back home, who helped them, um, who helped sort of support the dream. Nearly, um, they've been a huge help in getting me here. And it's, it's a team effort, you know, it's not just me. I, yes, obviously I do the running, but you know, you've got your friends, family, your coach, your running club, they all play a big, big part in helping you because, you know, rolling, a lot of people think it's an individual sport, but as I say, it's very much a team thing in the background. And just when you, when you look back and reflect that 76th in 2016, right through till, you know, fifth in Europe and then fifth in the world, it's, yeah, it's a very, very good feeling. It's something I'm very, very proud of. And it just spurs me on to want to go and do more.
0: Wow, it's incredible. And maybe even try and replicate what your hero, John, net. John Lenehan did in 1991, Zach, who knows? Zach, for those of us that are probably never going to go to Thailand to run in a world championship, what has the experience been like? Because it's such a unique place to hold a world championship. I think it's fair to say there's been a lot of doubt over the last well, couple of years since it was announced that it was going to be there, that whether it would be able to hold a successful world championship. I've been listening to one of the local Spanish journalists who's based over there on one of the Spanish trail running podcasts. For the last two years, talking about it, and he was never overly enthusiastic about. It. He said there was a lot of problems on the ground there with the organising committee and so on. But from what I've seen in the last forty-eight hours, it seems to all have to be going so so well over there. What's it like, Zach? Unbelievable! The people have honestly welcomed every single runner
1: with open arms. It's been absolutely fantastic, and uh, like the organisers, like a lot. I, I think I speak for a lot of runners when we weren't the only people that were sceptical about the championships going ahead based on the last two years, but from we arrived here, the Thai people are so friendly, um, and a lot of a lot of things that I was told about the place turned out, you know, they weren't exactly true, like people say about the food, just in general how rough the place is, but yes, it does have its rough characteristics Chiang Mai, but I honestly can't fault it so far, food's brilliant, like it's really, really good food, and it's actually surprised me how good some of the coffee shops are around here. Like the coffee yeah. is probably some of the best I've ever tasted. Yeah. And um, even the opening ceremony, the best I've ever been to since I've been going to a world and European championships because fireworks and everything. And, oh, it was just unbelievable. The Parade of Nations was brilliant crack. And uh, yeah, it's just good to see it actually going ahead and seeing it being successful. I don't, Not from from where I'm standing I haven't seen any uh, problems, but you know, I'm sure there there has been hiccups along the way. But yeah, that Thailand's been (laughs) fantastic. And thankfully
0: I'm here for another two weeks after the championship a bit of a holiday, so we'll get to explore a bit more of the place. Brilliant and there's a a small but crack elite Irish team over there Paddy O'Leary just ran overnight in the long trail course Sarah McCormick is due to go tomorrow Uh, and then Leo Mahan I think is on his final tour as the high performance officer as well how are all the Irish team doing Zach?
1: Irish teams are very very good sports. um Leo, I think he's on cloud nine after after yesterday. He sort of hasn't calmed down. He'll be up there, and he'll, I think he's actually back down at the the finish of Paddy's race there now with him. So he'll be, I'm sure he'll be hearing all the stories from the race from Paddy there. Uh, and then Sarah, she's going tomorrow morning, so she's yeah. resting up, and getting getting psyched for it, getting fueled up. So I'm sure she'll be in for a good run tomorrow. So, yeah, successful run from Paddy. He'll be, de- I'm sure he'll be delighted with that. It's a long time to be out, especially in that heat. And yeah. when you, uh, when you see the quality of athletes in every single race here, it's you no, know, it just shows you when you're competing with the best of the world, it's, it's a real good feeling, and it's where you want to be, representing your country.
0: Zach, has yourself and the team, have you felt that you've been supported enough by Athletics Ireland? Because it is a small team that was sent over. I'm sure, I don't know, maybe it was tough to send over a big team. Like, for example, if you look at the Spanish squad, they must have about, what, 35, 40 athletes going over. We only have three. Um, And and I noticed you did quote during the week, or you did say on on Twitter during the week, Athletics Ireland don't even recognise... That they have athletes competing in Thailand. It's a shambles. when I saw that post go up, I was thinking, oh, I hope Zach isn't in a bad negative place because he hasn't got the support that he felt that he needed. Now, thankfully, obviously not. It didn't affect your results. But I, I did get the sense from you that you were you've been disappointed with the support that Athletics Ireland have maybe given yourself anyway uh, over the last year or two. Well,
1: I think it's it's safe to say like. Irish mountain running in general, like Emra, have been outstanding with support. Like, to get three athletes out here is a feat in itself for a lot of nations. Some athletes, some countries don't even have any athletes out here. So you need to be grateful for that too. Like, Leo and the, the team in the background have done outstanding for looking after the three of us, getting flights and all organized, accommod- accommodation, all, I've uh, just basically, they've looked after everything, Leo and the team has been outstanding, so like it's made things easier for us as athletes, so we just have to come out here and do our bit to get ready to race well, to justify sending a team out. But that tweet that was put out was just I was I was, I was more of a, an observation as such because I look at teams like look at the you say Spanish, the Italians, uh, Great Britain. You see how the support that they have breeds success nearly, because they put the money into the sport, and then that because athletes see that their governing body is putting money into a sport, and there's opportunities to go and race, and that you have that support network behind you. Like Emmer's a small organisation, that's which I under totally understand, and I'm, but. In terms of uh, like support, Athletics Ireland is the governing body for athletics in Ireland, and mountain running falls under athletics. So to just sort of isolate one branch of the sport and focus on funding track and road re- teams to go away to international championships, it's unfair, in my opinion. Yes, mountain running is not an Olympic sport, but it shouldn't be about that. It should be about getting people into athletics, regardless of whether it's track, field, road, whatever, mountain running. Yeah. You, know, you need to speculate, speculate to accumulate. You look at the money British Athletics pump into the mountain running and look at the success. They've got the men's team bronze in the 40K this morning there, women's team bronze, and they had a, a senior women's team silver yesterday in the uphill. You know, that's the type of things you should be looking for. It's not going to happen overnight, the success, but putting a project in place, putting a plan in place to, for long-term development of the sport will only help. Uh, reap the rewards and I just hope that the results and other results that will come in the future from other athletes not just myself will make Athletics Ireland set up and say look we've got potential here in the mountains you know it's all right chasing chasing times chasing PBs but ultimately it's the closer you get to a medal that's whenever you know you need to really think should we be supporting this but as I say I'm not getting my hopes up I don't ever do that when it comes to anything like this. So I just, you know, I'll take my result. I know I've done the hard work to get here and I'm grateful for what Irish Mountain Run have done for it too. And yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna be uh expecting anything. So it's just a case of, you know, I've done what I can so I can't do much more.
0: Yeah, well, we touched on the funding part, I think, in our chat in July, Zach, didn't we? And I know you mentioned there during the week in that Twitter conversation that if you are, say, fifth in the road or the track or cross-country in the World Championships, that would give you access to funding the €25,000. But as we're saying, I don't think that that is in place, that if you're fifth in the mountain-running World Championships – I don't think you have any right to €25,000 with the way that the current structure is set up, even though mountain running comes underneath the World Athletics umbrella now. It's, It's an official World Athletics Championship event. So if that funding is there to road track cross country, which are World Athletics Championships events, surely, surely it must now be there for someone who's came fifth in the World Championships. The key word there, Owen, is Olympics. That's the only reason I'm not getting it. Is it? Is that what the requirement is, that they must be Olympic sports rather than World Athletics events?
1: Well, from what I gather, when I look at the criteria, it it always says, you know, Olympic medal potential or championship medal potential, but the Olympics, the key one there. But yeah, as I say, it's the sort of thing you look at, you think, why aren't I getting that? But, you know, as much as you want to try and get it it's nearly like you know why it's, it's nearly a waste of time doing it because you know rightly what the response is going to be so yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's disappointing I'm sure it's been discussed in, discussed in the past and I just need to keep doing what I'm doing and let the results speak to themselves funding or no funding it's not going to deter me from doing what I'm doing and I just continue to enjoy um, travel in the world and racing in some very beautiful places, and uh, enjoying a sport that I love very much.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm sure athletes are given those funds, Zach, to, to help them achieve great results, to help them achieve medals, to inspire the masses, to inspire road runners, to inspire um, young kids doing track and cross country. So, if that's what one of the aims of giving funding to athletes are, well, then. Absolutely, you should be given that funding as well, because you're inspiring hundreds, thousands of mountain and trail runners all around Ireland. And it is such a growing sport in Ireland, and it can be even bigger and bigger. So by having somebody like yourself getting the exposure that you deserve and getting the backing you you deserve will help grow the sport even more. In fact, there was one other point that I wanted to touch on as well, just with the results yesterday. And who came in ahead of you? There there was two Kenyans in ahead of you. And Zach, I'm going to lay my cards on the table here for for yourself and for the listeners. Personally, Zach, I think that Kenya as a nation should be actually banned from competing in championship events at the moment because there, there are currently 60 Kenyans banned. At the moment, because of drug offences, a a number only beaten by Russia who are banned. We we saw there recently the winner of the famous mountain running race, Yaira Zanal, Mark Kankoga. He was banned for three years after testing positive for two substances prohibited by WADA. And I thought that, you know, Reardon a couple of weeks ago, only last week, actually, Wrote a superb article about why Kenyans should be banned. He said, none of them should be welcomed or entertained around here anytime soon. He mentioned them, um, seven athletes being banned since the start of October winners of the Rotterdam, Chicago, and Boston Marathon, four runners from the famous Kipchogi sub two hour project. They were banned um, for testing positive. So I must admit, Zach, that w- what I saw two Kenyans win yesterday. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. These guys, they, they haven't done anything wrong. But I was a little bit disappointed to see two Kenyan flags there, given the country's history at the moment. So for, for me, Zach, for you to come fifth with two Kenyans ahead of you, um, Zach, I, I'm going to say that's a bronze medal for me uh, in, in the world. And I know, you know, that's a controversial opinion. But I, I just wanted to ask you, Zach, do, do you have any opinion on it yourself? And you know, when you see two Kenyans lining up and, and getting on the podium, is there any little frustration there or do you just get on and do your own thing? Well, th- those two Kenyans, uh, Patrick
1: and Philmont, I've been racing all season in the World Cup. And Philmont, I have actually beat on a few occasions, um, especially in the vert- vertical kilometer races. Um, and Patrick, he's just been sensational all season. Thinking we race, he didn't win this year with shares and Al. Um, and He's been absolutely outstanding. Uh, he just came on the scene, I think this year was his first season of mountain rolling. And as it's very hard for me to comment on that because I've never actually, like, a lot of people thought that I've been racing Mark Kangogo before, they actually thought that he was one of the Kenyans in the World Cup. I've never raced him, so it, his bond doesn't affect any of my results. And mm-hmm. I do know that. Patrick and Philmon have both been tested throughout the year, as have I, and all three of us have tested negative, and I think a negative, as I say, it's a very difficult one, and I've, I've come to actually to become very friendly with the two of them,
0: and yeah,
1: okay. the two of them uh, live in Austria, and they're based in Austria for the summer, then they go back to Kenya in the winter to train, yeah. And it's a case like it's world at world. It's if it's something banned in the country, like world athletics and world anti-doping, need to take uh, a good look at it and really, really think about it. Because like they banned the Russians for what they had done, and it's a uh, as you say, it's a controversial opinion about what to do with Kenya. But as mm-hmm. I say, it's I'm only an athlete. Um, at the at the end of the day, my opinion isn't going to affect how world athletics or anyone see Kenya as a nation on their their current situation for doping. Um, I just hope it does get itself sorted out because it doesn't reflect well on athletics as a whole because it sort of turns into the way cycling was back in the 90s. Yeah. You You don't want that reputation building up and then automatically because a runner gets a good performance straight away, oh, there's doubt around it because did he do it clean? Did he or she do it clean? So, yeah, it needs to be needs to be sorted out soon because it's only if you, the more you let it go on, the worse it'll get. And yeah. there'll be a lot of athletes will be left very disappointed at maybe missing out on prize money, medals, titles because of someone who just taking the option of cheating instead of just doing the hard work to win.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Zach, let, let's bring it back to to a happier um, part of the conversation. You, you're there at the World Championships for another couple of days. I presume we're going to be out on the course tomorrow, cheering on Sarah. Sarah and I think is there a prize giving ceremony maybe tonight for the for the long and short courses? I'm sure you'll enjoy getting back down to the to the race headquarters and mixing with all the international athletes for another couple of days.
1: Oh, definitely. No, but then the closing ceremony for the, the award ceremony. Sorry for the. Um, long and short trail races tonight. Uh, I'll go down and see some of the like the the British lads I know and women have all got medals. So it's good to see them doing well, you know, when you're when you're very friendly with them. It's always good to see that the work they've done is rewarded and they're to common home, home with medals. And uh, as well just getting to see all the all the athletes and then you see who's racing tomorrow and you're getting their thoughts on the races and how they're feeling. A lot of athletes have actually doubled up have done the uphill and they're doing the downhill. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fare after already having a hard effort in the legs, going into yeah. tomorrow. And yeah, I'll be up on the course cheering Sarah on, no doubt. But anyone who's on Instagram will see that Irish minor Running and We've taken it over for the the whole time we're here, just to uh, let those at home know how we're getting on and what goes on inside the Irish team at a World Championship race. So hopefully, uh-huh. we'll hopefully we'll get some footage of Sarah racing tomorrow. And uh, yeah, keep an eye on that and. Hopefully she has a good run tomorrow and she's had a very successful season.
0: Yeah, fantastic. listen, Zach, um, w- one more question before, you know, you, you get going again, back down to, to the race, start and finish line area. Zach, for, for all everybody who's listening in, myself included, as we're maybe planning our sessions for the next couple of weeks, um, can you tell us, Zach, what's your favourite and maybe most key mountain running session that you do um. so maybe we can all try and replicate it over the next couple of weeks and pretend that we're Zach of on our way to fifth in the world championships is it a, is it a tempo run on the mountain Zach or is it a type of 10 by 2 minutes hard uphill what, what do you think has been one you know a, a key session for you to, to help get you as strong and as good as you have been over the over the summer?
1: this might surprise you but uh, all this year in general I have done zero mountain running sessions (laughs) what really? (laughs) like I haven't done an uphill tempo I haven't done any specific hill reps like a lot of all my training's been done on the flat there's a lake beside where I live Castlewell Lake it's 4k laps flat I've just been doing my sessions around it and and on the track too so I'll say uh, a favourite session around that would be something like six or eight by one K off a minute or two minutes, something, I love a good threshold effort where I'm able to get dial in a rhythm and just lock into that and just knock out the, knock out the repetitions at a nice consistent pace where I'm not going into the raid. I'm just keeping myself um, within the limits. And then on the track, it's something simple, like say a mile tempo, uh, eight to 200 meters and a mile tempo. That's a very good session I find to know if I'm in shape or not because you're able to, it works in your endurance and it works in your leg speed as well. So you're sort of getting two for the price of one there. But yeah, no health no specific sessions. So I'm sure a lot of people will be surprised at that. But,
0: you know, uh, that's just what works for me. It's incredible, Zach, what you're saying there, because it sounds like the importance of speed, turnover, and speed endurance. And maybe you get your your ability to climb and ascend just by doing the long, easy Sunday runs, maybe on the hills and on the hills. But to be up there at the very best in the world, you need to be fast. And it's incredible to hear you say that. And uh, maybe yes, yeah, something that we can all learn from for for doing our our IMA races over the summertime. That it's so important to to keep in touch with your flat speed as well. And, of course, you can get so strong and so fit by doing those type of 1K interval sessions.
1: Yeah, definitely. But it also works for me well as where I live is a hilly area. I live in, on the side of a mountain, so all my easy runs done on rolling hills. So, like, that plays a factor too. You know, I still do, I do run plenty of hills, just not at uh, an effort where it's going to hurt or it's going to, like, using top in the my, my energy levels. Uh, it's a case of just go out, run easy in the hills, get your strength work in there, time on feet, and just be consistent. That's really, it's a simple sport. Keep it so, keep your training simple
0: and you'll not go far wrong. a simple sport, but not everybody has the same dedication and commitment, Zach, who's able to set the, the bar so high, like yourself, and to dream big and then go and execute it as well. So Zach, thanks a million for for making the time. I know it wasn't easy to try and get the connection today for the chat. And I said, you're only just out there finishing fifth in the world and uh, I'm sure there's lots of exciting things going on over there so thanks a million for joining us and do say hello to, to the rest of the Irish team and, and just a shout out to Leo as well because I think this is Leo's last championship as high-performance officer and Leo Mahan has been the high-performance officer for about nearly 10 years now Zach I think isn't it and he's a tremendous guy and he's been tremendous support to all the athletes and he's always done everything that he can over the last 10 years so make sure to, to give uh, Leo a uh, a heads up for us as well and a, and a big shout out
1: no well do certainly Well, I'll tell everyone you're asking about them and tell Leo especially so thanks for the chat and uh, hopefully Sarah has a good run tomorrow to finish off a, a good a good time in Thailand
0: yeah Zach congratulations on fifth in the world the best Irish result since 1991 Zach we're all very very proud of you thanks for for joining us here you go thank you That's a wrap for this week everybody, what a superb role model Zach is both on and off the mountains. I mentioned the Irish news article in the interview with Zach there and do make sure to look it up if you can as it's had an amazing positive response as Zach is from Northern Ireland, from an orange order background, a Rangers fan. So when he chose to run for Irish mountain running teams, which Irish mountain running teams which represent both the north and the south He actually got a lot of criticism, to put it mildly, from some parts. And the fact that he overcame all of that has played his own part in bringing communities together. And he has spoken so well and so forthright about it all is a great testament to Zach as a person and as an athlete of course we can see that from the results that he's getting now year after year great consistency there um, so he's doing so much for mountain and trail running in Ireland as I said both on and off the mountains well done again Zach and indeed well done to Imre for being able to send a small but elite team over to Thailand well done to Leo Mahan and all the guys there that have been able to put that team in place and hopefully for next summer in the world championships in Europe in Austria we will have a bigger and even stronger again team before we go guys thanks to Rennie from Running Coach Ireland for his superb stuff today and a quick reminder to pop over to patreon.com to support the show if you like what we do to help keep us going at Trail Running Ireland podcast have a great few days of training everybody and until next time let's get our running gear on let's go